Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, Hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Doom, gloom, everything is terrible, we're rubbish, relegation looms. There we go. Podcast done. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in, oh Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not out to three! Yeah! Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, I'm Charles and with me to chat about how losing to Rochdale isn't the end of the world are Chessie and Neil. How are you guys? You okay? Good, thank you. Magical. Good. Yeah, yeah you sound it, mate. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Coming up, we say thank you to Aston Villa, thank our lucky stars, we don't have to interview John Yems after a defeat and wish we were at the book festival with Danny. First up, though, I had the pleasure of sitting next to Neil at Sixfields on Saturday. Um, judging by your voice, you've not yet recovered from that experience, mate. Uh, I was uh, at a wedding on Sunday, so Ooh. I am. Uh, it's we're recording this on Monday, aren't we? And I'm. We are. I. I'm not feeling too hot, shall we say? <laughs> uh, Bless you. The yeah, we did sit next to each other, didn't we? We had some Haribos, three pound twenty. By the way, it's extortionate, isn't it? Three pound twenty for a bag of Haribo. Three pounds and twenty pence. Is that acceptable? Is it? Was it in the ground or was it? This in the was shop? In, no, this was in the ground, Jeffy. 
okay, changes the game a little bit. Would expect it to be that high. Is still outrageous, but would expect it to be that high. Take them with you. Go down yeah. Poundland, take them with you. I didn't, I didn't prepare. Yeah. <laughs> fail to prepare, prepare to fail, gentlemen. <laughs> That's it, right? That's it. The worst <laughs> thing is, is that I also didn't prepare, and therefore Neil had to get some for me as well. Six so pound forty. Six pound forty. <laughs> Unbelievable. I say for me, they were for Amelia, obviously, not for me, although I did eat some of them. So uh yeah, but it was um it was it was nice sitting with you, Neil, and you and your boys. It was it was good to I, th- I think it is almost a different experience going with your friends. Yeah it to is going on your own. You can Yeah, if you go on your own it's 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 nice, isn't it? You still get to see the game, and if you, or if you're on your own, or even with your kids, like it's it's good and it's a different experience. But if you're with your friends, then you could generally moan and rant about the same things. I think there was numerous times where we both went to moan and rant, and we were both about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, there definitely were times <laughs> when we were pretty much. It was it was one of those. Do you, you know, when you go to the football, there's always somebody a couple of rows back, isn't there? That just repeats little sound bites that they hear from across, you know, the seats around. Yeah. It, it was almost like that. I, I'm sure at one point you said something and then I'd go and say it a bit louder to make out it was me that had said it and get to get the laughs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> steal the credit kind of thing. We were uh, up in uh, Patreon Corner, weren't we? We were. It was it was lovely up there, wasn't it? Um, who did we have? We had John T. Uh, good old Jonathan Hillier was there. Uh, Giles was there as well. Um, I've probably missed people. Well, we saw um, Leeds United fan Mike Fuller, didn't we? And Gareth and we Valerie did. in the North Stand. We had a nice little wave to Gareth and Valerie, didn't we? I purposely went down to the front uh, of the West Stand just to just to wave at them. Um, and I thought it was very funny because I started waving and there was Mike a couple of rows in front of Gareth and Valerie. And uh, he thought I was waving at, at him. So I had to do that thing where I go, no, no, behind you. and he's going what what i don't know what he's going behind you and he he looks behind and then he goes oh it's gareth and valerie (laughs) so uh it turns out they get to share the whole season together because both pairs uh, they're in uh season tickets i am uh there also got uh, accosted by david knight in the north stand toilets post post we i may add it was while while washing hands Uh, was he coming over and just checking your technique? He, uh, he hand washing technique. That is now. He was undressing me with his eyes. I think mm-hmm. I could feel a burning set of eyes on me. <laughs> it's better than feeling burning somewhere else while you're in the toilet, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, should we talk about the game? I was about I to say, the game must have been horrific if you spent the last one <laughs> minute talking about who was in the crowd. Do we have to? <laughs> oh, well, it, it was it was one of those. I mean, Jeffrey, you sent a text, didn't you? You were quite worried that, that this was going to be like suicidal pod and that you weren't going to no. maybe make bothered to go back to Sixfields again. Not by quite. The way I, was we just, I was just quite concerned about... Uh, the, the level of, of uh, distress I should be in and and how much I should prepare myself for the onslaught of earache I'd get from Sean next time I arrive at Sixfields. And I'm just trying to measure how the season may well go, but we'll see. 
We were, ju- I, I, we were just undone by stupid stuff, weren't we? I, no. I watched. I watched the game back. And it's not like, nice. Don't call Rochdale stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It was. Ju- it was just. You can't. I, I mean, you guys were there, and you said it was poor. I get that, but I also think as well that we just we've just messed up so many things that could have been easily corrected and like the high line and things like that and basics really and the thing is you correct me if I'm wrong but from from the outside looking in having not been there it feels as if you can't go forward where we need to be going forwards by playing that really good football that we can do if we can't follow through the those basic things like making sure we defend a break of a corner making sure we're not carrying a really high line being goal side when the strikers run in like real basic stuff we really need to iron that out fairly quickly yeah I I think that's fair Um, which is not disastrous by the way because like Colin Coldwood said if they're improving within 10 games but the improvement needs to be seen in those areas because there are so many good glimmers right we're not looking like a complete lost cause, which is a really positive thing. We we actually do look like a decent team when we we play a decent phases of football. But that fa- they, those phases of football need to be more frequent, and the um, the inability to do those basic things just need to be really sorted out. And and also, if you do, if you're not able to carry out those basics, then make up for your mistakes in the defending, if that makes sense. But I think there's a bit of a a crossover that needs to be addressed but I don't think it's desperate at all I just think we just had a bit of a bad game I, I think we can't overreact on it I think it was just it was just a bit of a stinker I think that for me it was we didn't look like scoring that was my big issue with it was that we we didn't look like scoring from open play at all um and I know a few people have said this on Twitter where they've sort of said, actually, last week against Colchester, it's the same mistakes that we made last week that we've made again this week um, against Rochdale. But while Colchester weren't able to find their way past um, our keeper, Rochdale were. And we've kind of been, it's that thing of going, well, if you've not learned from it from the week before. And I know maybe maybe it's one of those things where because it didn't actually end up costing us last week, you therefore don't think or you don't necessarily see it. I know we didn't talk about it, did we, about the fact that um, basically the offside trap had been breached a couple of times and then there were a couple of fantastic saves. But this week it has cost us. And, you know, it's not a goalkeeper's fault, that. That's that's a whole defensive Oh, it would have been 8-0 if... if- it was last year. I mean, we're we're significantly better on that front, aren't we? Yeah, there is that. But it, I, I'm just a little bit worried that we haven't learned with the high line. We haven't learned from last week where we got away with one. This week, this time around, we haven't got away with it when we've lost. And I, I don't know what you thought, Neil, but I thought Rochdale weren't that good in the first half. No, I think they were. They were a decent footballing team in terms of style. For for League Two, they played a bit of bit of ball on the floor more often than not. I thought. Um, I think they're okay. They're not a bad not a bad side. I actually think that it was um, 
tactically inept from Brady, Calderwood and Rico on Saturday. And to give them their dues, they've sort of out-tacticked previous managers this season. So um, certainly the Coventry game, they changed it and they out outdid Mark Robbins, is it, the, the Coventry manager? Um, mm-hmm. So I think they got, they, they struggled on Saturday. Uh, I think first 20 minutes or so, we didn't look too bad, did we, really? Uh, I actually thought Etete and um, Kabamba up front were a handful. While we weren't really creating a massive amount, they were still a handful. Midfield, we, we struggled after sort of 10, 15 minutes to have any sort of grip on the game in midfield. I mean, Williams had a really, really off game for him, considering his, his mm. usual standards. Paul Lewis, I'm, jury's out on him for me. I'm not entirely sure what he particularly brings to the table. Um, obviously, it's early days, so perhaps he's still finding his feet. But I, I think we, we struggled and we, we had no midfield. Um, and then, obviously, after half-time, the, the substitutions to me were odd. I didn't really understand the thinking behind taking off the two strikers and replacing them with uh, Baz and Rose. Really understand that, if I'm honest, because it didn't solve the midfield problem. The midfield problem was still there. Yeah, and then we made another change, didn't we? Um, was it McGowan that came on? Um, no, not McGowan. Connolly was it? Whoever it was, Connolly yeah, came Connolly on. Came on Williams for and which ended up with Sam Hoskins in centre midfield. So we. We had the mid. We were losing the game in midfield. There's no question about that. We we were losing the game in midfield, and then we weakened our midfield further, um, which then and we meant we lost and the it game. Didn't change, yeah, and it didn't change the formation or anything no. like that. Because at, at the end of that, we were being overrun, weren't we? That was the issue. Was that our midfield weren't able to get on the ball. We weren't able to really do anything um, because there were too many, you know, opposition in our faces. So therefore, it was kind of forcing us to you know, go long and to hit, try and hit a Bamba, a Kabamba and a Tete. And okay, while it worked maybe a little bit better than last season under Keith Curl's tactics, it still wasn't working well enough for us to actually have that many, you know, efforts on goal. I mean, I think I said, actually, I don't really remember a proper shot at goal. Now, in fairness, somebody did turn around and say, oh, well, Pinnock had a shot that was blocked. Yeah. But I mean, the goalkeeper's not, had a save to make, has it? He picked the ball out of the net from our free kick. Um, he had, a, he did have a shot. I can't remember who it was. He did have a shot. It was, it was pretty much straight at him, and he just palmed it away. But yeah, but I mean, one, and I can't remember it. No, so, no, yeah. It's, I mean, this is the thing. What I think we, I said it on on Saturday to you that the midfield we've got no one sort of creative in midfield, or no one. Mm-hmm breaking forward and arriving into the box late or, or anything like that. It's crying out for a bit of sort of nous in midfield and and Paul Lewis isn't going to give you that. You know, look, he, he's a workhorse. Um, like essentially, from what I've seen of him so far, he looks like a, a small Dean Peer. Um, hmm. Dean Peer Corridor. Williams is great, but he had a, he had a really off day on, on, on Saturday. So, in you know, that, that's going to happen in the, at this league, right? So you don't need to panic too much about it, I don't think. But it needs some form of creativity in there because essentially we're in a similar situation as, as before otherwise and we're not going to create chances. And if we're relying on wingers 
to, to cross it in and stuff, but you still need to get hold of the ball in the middle and be able to thread the ball through to the wingers. So it's, I just felt yeah. that we t- tactically, we weren't great on, on Saturday. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a need to overreact. That you don't overreact when you win the first couple of games. You don't need to overreact when you lose the first game either. But there was some stuff that clearly needs ironing out. I, th- I think that's important because, in fairness, when I finished, when I finished watching the game, when the game finished, <laughs> when did you uh, finish watching yeah. it? The thirty-six. Yeah, when I finished, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was really frustrated, and I think maybe it's it's uh, maybe I said this to you or said this on our WhatsApp group. Maybe it's because of the fact that the distance that I've had to travel to go and see us lose mm. like that makes it worse and made made it worse for me than it did, say, for you, Neil, who, you know, only had sort of a 10, 15, maybe 20-minute journey back home. Five, um, five, five minutes. Yeah, five, five minutes, <laughs> yeah. Whereas I had a two-and-a-half-hour car drive to do back up the M6. And the thing that frustrated me the most was that I I personally on that performance I couldn't really see too much difference from the way that we played under Keith Curl that everybody had really moaned about and a lot of people had been this is anti-football and it's you know not good to watch do you think I was being fair or was it no you know reactionary crap no I, I think um well, there's an element of reactionary crap in there, as there was. It, there is with every every comment directly after a game. With, whoever, with me? No, 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 <laughs> not not even just with you. Look, look, that's why a lot of managers won't, you know, speak to the media straight away, right? They'll give it half an hour, so they obviously they'll speak to the players first. Dean Austin, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's why you shouldn't. So <laughs> it, it, you you have that reactionary stuff, don't you? And I think if we'd have perhaps recorded this on say Saturday night, it would have been. We probably would have been more angry and more het up and and more sort mm-hmm. of like this is unacceptable and all that sort of stuff. But actually, when you have time to to sort of process it and stuff, yeah, look, it, it, there was a lot that was poor, and there was a lot of sort of back to the Keith Curl days with a lot of the stuff. There was numerous times it was really frustrating, wasn't it, where we were just lumping it down the line or we were just lumping it long, um, and and I think, I mean, I I'm not look apart from once winning the league on football manager with Kettering. I have no oh, well done. Yeah, I have no managerial skill whatsoever at football and I have no tactical skill at football whatsoever. But to me it it would surprise me if that's what the players were instructed to do. However, if you're not winning the midfield battle then you're constantly under pressure, then you are going to revert to just let's get rid of it and get it long so to try and relieve a bit of the pressure. Um so I, I, I yeah I just felt it was one of those days. Should we play devil's advocate here a little bit? Yeah. So knowing League Two as we know it, because, you know, it's our spiritual home, let's be honest. Um, mm. So we know League Two that sometimes you have to really have those scrappy days. And sometimes, like like Niels just said, there is that element of sometimes the midfield's just not working. you just got to get rid of the ball. Uh, and you'll have days like that. And you'll have days where you, I hate the expression, but win ugly because it's really cliche. But it is it is true, particularly in League Two. The further down the leagues, I think, the more um, common it gets. So so let's play devil's advocate and say, right, OK, so you two are both at the game. Um, if we had eliminated that high line, just that one issue, do you think the outcome of that game would have been different? No. OK, and that's where the issue is then. Because if 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 it was, then I would say we've got less of an issue. But if you're saying no, then we've got more of an issue that needs to be addressed, right? 
Yeah, it was, it was the midfield. The, it was the fact that we were being overrun. It, the four four two wasn't working. The high line is not the issue, really. Like it's a yeah. risky game playing a high line. Of course, it is. yeah, I you agree. Know, you, you've got to you, you've got to get it bang on. And I think part of the issue is that Horsfall wasn't there, and that Horsfall by no means is is Franz Beckenbauer, but. Um, <laughs> He's 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 improved. Great hair, though. Yeah, great hair. He's improved over time, and he is a solid part of the defense now. And and he's good on the ball. Yeah, he, like, he is better. I on know the what ball. you're saying. He's not Franz Beckenbauer, but he is a he is a kind of Harry Maguire style. He'll carry the ball out of defense. Type. He's more comfortable back, with it. He? Yeah. Whereas yeah. Sid Nelson was. I mean, I, I wasn't particularly. I mean, he had great hair as well, by the way, Sid Nelson. But. Um, I wasn't. You leave Sid alone. <laughs> I wasn't particularly impressed with him at all, and he was your stereotypical boot the ball as far as I can get rid of it. Um, I thought he was. Caught. I think you noticed a couple of times that he wasn't, or you didn't see him look before he punted it. No, and and that that is one of the the. Sometimes you have to do that, obviously, when you're massively under pressure and stuff. Of course, I'm not suggesting you should spend five minutes trying to pick a pass where you, obviously you're going to get tackled. But there was times when he wasn't even under pressure and he just didn't he didn't look to take his time with it. And so I thought positionally he wasn't great either. Actually, I thought he was a bit ropey. But I don't think the, the high line is the issue. And to your point, Jeffy, of winning ugly. Well, we won ugly against Colchester, right? By all accounts, and I know we didn't mm-hmm. go to the game, but by all accounts, it wasn't a fantastic performance, but we dug it out and we got the win. So we, we won ugly. We lost ugly this week and we lost ugly to Rochdale. And I, the, the high line aside, we didn't get hold of the ball in midfield. We didn't create many chances. It looked very disjointed at times. And that may well be just going through the growing pains of Brady still trying to work out his best team still trying to work out who can do what in a, in a game environment. Um, he didn't have his best 11 either, did he? I don't think he knows his best 11 yet. Well, yeah. And also the so horse was out, so an automatic shoe in for the defence wasn't there immediately. So not only does he not know it, he's not got one that you would imagine is in his first team, right? I agree. That, but that concerns me. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I'm not picking on... Well, I am picking on you, actually, Jeffy. Um, it's all right. You, you carry on, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm not picking on you, but that is a concern, right? If 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 we lose Horsfall again, which I'm sure we probably will do at some point this season, then what we're saying essentially is those that are going to come in aren't good enough, and we're probably going to lose. Yeah, um, Phil Kirby on Twitter did say, and this was uh, on Sunday, I think, so a bit of time after the game. He said, "For me, the high line is the issue. Got caught out last week and again today." Also, we look devoid of any attacking quality and are reliant on set pieces. What's happened to the wide wingers we played during pre-season? Um, oh, and why is Sam Hoskins taking one of their places? It's a good point, I think, isn't it? Like, what has happened from what we were playing in pre-season or you know, what you could easily see we were trying to do? And then we don't go and do that against Rochdale. Is that because of hmm. us making that that decision not to play that way, or do you think that's actually we've got to give more credit to Rochdale for stopping us from doing that? Rochdale looked a fairly decent team. On I've watched a lot of the footage; they look fairly decent. If you consider as well that when we got the fixtures, we knew our first ten were, were tricky. Um, obviously, we've eliminated Newport on the basis that we haven't travelled there because they're going to be up there. Um, and don't forget, they were relegated with us. So they, you know, they've they've come down 
from that league. So it's not, I mean, no offence to Rochdale and I don't mean it offensively, but Rochdale ain't a glamorous place. But um, they're they're generally a, a floater between League One and League Two, right? And so there, you should expect their standard to be fairly high, as we expect our standard to be fairly high. So they should be up there, and their quality on the ball looked very good. Their pace was wicked. I mean, they absolutely flew for that third goal um, and caught us out big style, didn't they? No, second goal, I think it was. Um, and you know, so they had it there, um, but they exploited our weaknesses and and capitalised on that brilliantly. So, you know, you can't discount the fact that you know we have lost the midfield. Obviously, the high line's an issue. We talked about that midfield. I think sounds like from you guys, it's more of an issue. But they they got the better of that. It's our job to fix the midfield and not allow teams to get the better of us. But because we're so early in the season, we can't tell whether we're losing the midfield because we're against a really good side. Because we haven't seen every side, have we? We've only seen three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't think they were, they were good. They were, they were a good side. They're no, they're no mucks. Um, they were beatable. Right? They weren't. They weren't. Mm. You know, sometimes when you've been in, when we've been in a league, you come up against a team and you're like, wow, they're good. They're they'll go up or they, they should be up there. They're about didn't necessarily think that about Rochdale. That's not to say that they weren't good. They were they were the better team on the day, but. They weren't that sort of team that you watch and think they should win the league or anything like that. Mm. They were they were solid and they, they looked like they knew what they were doing. To pick up on your point, Jeffy, as well about Rochdale not being the nicest of places. Um, what was it? The Rochdale fan fan sang Charles was it? Um, Rochdale's a shithole, but Northampton is worse. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, which was enjoyable. I enjoyed that one. I did enjoy that. I also enjoyed uh, and forgive me, I do not know his name, but one of the Rochdale subs has clearly been taking um, influence from oh, yeah. Jack Grealish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had a nice little uh, Alice band on, didn't he? he did. And his hair parted. Uh, unfortunately, you could tell it wasn't Jack because his calves were merely the size of twigs <laughs> rather than the tree stumps <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that Jack has. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the point about them, them looking good, I, I thought they looked, they looked like a more progressive team. Than us, we looked like a team. We looked like a League Two team that wanted to get out wide, try and get it in the box, and hopefully bundle bundle it in or a long throw. There was nothing cute about what we were trying to do. It's pretty obvious. It was pretty clear. They had a couple of people. I don't know whether they had free rolls or not, but they seemed to sort of have the freedom to roam around a little bit and stuff, and that made it really difficult for us, and we couldn't cope. The one thing that I want to do, because I want to, I don't want it to be completely and utterly negative, because I, I don't think any of us are actually feeling that. No, way. no, no. I don't, yeah, think, I don't think it is either. I think it's very measured, Charles. I think we're doing lost. a very good job. We lost, but <laughs> yeah. you know, we knew obviously not going to win every game, and it's, I think yeah. it's okay to dissect a loss. That's the point, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that I was going to going to say was that uh, I suppose that with this is that we can learn something out of this when you're winning those games so like I said before about the Colchester game because we won that game maybe we didn't learn from the issues that that were there and that we nearly got caught out I agree with that completely so this time around we have done that and therefore yeah well hopefully this time around we'll actually we will learn from them because they aren't there isn't anything there to cover over those cracks um well what about the other thing that sorry yeah what about if so when it was one all, wasn't it? When 
uh, Brady took off the two strikers, Atete and Kabamba, yeah. and then brought on Rose and, and Baz, right? So it was one all at that point. So as hypothetically speaking, if he had taken off Atete and Kabamba, uh, brought on Rose, but also brought on, I don't know, another defender, I can't remember who was on the bench, um, another defensive-minded player, essentially shut up shop a little bit and just took the point, would we have been happy with that? No. no, no, we wouldn't. But I don't. I also the thing with it is, is why, I don't why would like we not have been attacking? By the way, because if we if we've we've got a point as opposed to none, we should be getting yeah, for I, it. Yeah, for me, I think we were the home team, and therefore, for me, it, it doesn't really matter because in a way, we kind of did shut up shop because we didn't well, really purpose, do enough. <laughs> no, I know not on purpose, but I, I mean, I think Danny Rose automatically. I think Danny Rose also Danny Rose is the kind of player that automatically shuts that shop, right? Because it, it it goes down the housery approach, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but it does. There's there's a little bit of that, but I mean, there's the thing that the thing that and it, it surprised me as and then annoyed me when that substitution, that double substitution, was made. Because I know a few people were saying that they didn't think that either Atete or Kabamba were having a good game, and that may well be the case. But I didn't think that there was that much of an issue to bring them both off. Um, for me. Both the Rochdale, well, the the, the centre backs, Rochdale centre backs. As soon as that substitution happened, they just went, "Oh, thank God for that," because <laughs> the pair of them were causing issues. And I'm not being funny, but if it wasn't for the referee being an absolute plonker, yeah, we'd have had the measure of those players. Atete was fouled, and then somehow the free kick goes the other <laughs> way. And I've watched it back, and, and there is no foul that Atete makes. I do not know what the referee has seen to give it Rochdale's way. Um, but, you know, for, for me, the, the Rochdale had an extra defender in that case because literally everything that Kabamba did and Atete did, the referee was blowing up for. Um, now, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to... It's not the referee's fault that we lost the game, but it certainly no, was baffling. It's the referee's fault that um, it was a terrible game to watch, though. So. Yeah, it was dreadful to watch, wasn't it? Stop, start Stop, all the start. time. Every little thing. And that's the thing. I was just on the radio on the way home. They were talking about the referee and saying, "Yeah, you know, he got did okay. He got a few bits, a few bits wrong." But it, the the thing is, spectacularly wrong. It didn't really get anything major wrong. Not anything that really it affected the outcome of the game. Really, it wasn't like a massive decision where that should have been a clear penalty and it wasn't given. Yeah, or, the offside, for example, it, it was, was offside. Yeah, exactly. It? Yeah, it was the yeah. right decision. The problem with yeah. the referee was. He got probably 50 little niggly things wrong for both sides and he was blowing up for things when he could have played advantage. He was frustrating me. I think I said to you during the game, Charles, he's he's given a yellow card. I think it was Sam Hoskins when he pulled the, the fella's shirt back. It and was, yeah. Was given a yellow card and then the referee had to blow his whistle, call Sam Hoskins over. What's the oh. point? Obviously, he knows it's a yellow card. He knows what he's done. Show him the yellow card. I know get the game moving again. Yeah. And, and and that was exactly, and I know we don't really talk about any other football on, on this podcast as such, but I, I, it was either the United game over the weekend or it was Arsenal-Chelsea, but there were a couple of times where yellow cards were given and the referee literally, you know, the players were, you know, they were definitely yellow cards. Yeah. The players knew that they were getting, but the referee just books them. Yeah. It doesn't matter that the player's walking away. They know they're getting a yellow card and that's exactly what should have happened. And instead it was the, it was the referee show, yeah. wasn't it? It's like, what did he say? It like, like calling... you will come here yeah. and you will take this yellow card. Like, you, that and was a like... yellow card because you pulled a shirt. It, well, I know. Yeah. And that's why I did it. Cause I was, I, yeah. it was on purpose. That's fine. 
Yeah. Right. What more do you want me to do? Cheers. That's, that's <laughs> another minute that's gone by. We've had to just sit there watching the referee. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, that 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 was frustrating, and I think added to yeah, the frustration it it made it of worse. the defeat as well. Didn't yeah, it absolutely and, did. Uh, yeah, think, it, it's hard. I think the the real measure of of this defeat. Um, I mean, we've, I think we've dissected it fairly um, measured, and I think we've we've not been too harsh. But I think that it's important to not lose sight of the, the fact that we're so early it on. And I think that we need to uh, kind of assess this defeat. We can't actually assess it today, although we've just spent 30 minutes talking about it. We need to actually assess it on and what we do with it. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody on Twitter say, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was. We might have needed that, which which as a football fan does sound a little bit backwards, right? But we all know where that person's coming from because maybe we do need it to learn from, like you said, Charles, learn from those things. So it's what we do with this. It's what This is a tool. It's horrible. We've lost, but it's a tool. What do we do with this now? To progress mm. a bit like Charles, uh, a bit like Neil was saying with the Rochdale look like a pr- progressive side. Well, maybe if we get a defeat under our belts, sounds a bit backwards, and look at what's going wrong and then act on it. That's where your progression comes from, right? So I think we actually yeah. can't really assess. It's not damage at all, but we can't assess the issues until they've acted on them, and we've got to give them a chance. You know, they're they're a they're a decent set of characters by the looks of it i think we've got a decent set of characters so it's what they do what character they actually have got now and how they come out tomorrow in the cup and how they come out in yeah, the weekend because the cup's important tomorrow really no, important. don't ban it like all you want to no, see absolutely not yeah all you want to see is that you know that and i did put i do put the fault really at the, the management team's table for saturday but then equally the management team won as the cup game against Coventry in, the, in theory. So it's, it's swings and roundabouts, right? Sometimes they're going to get it right. Sometimes they're going to get it wrong. All you want to see is that they learn from it and start yeah, trying to fix the problems and that sort of thing. As long as it doesn't yeah. turn out like Swindon's magic roundabout when there's seven roundabouts <laughs> in one, because that would be an issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the other positive that I'm taking out of this is that, um, in my opinion, and uh, this is through... You know, me probably getting things wrong as usual. But it's very rare that you see a team start like, for instance, Forest Green have started this season. They were tremendous, the results that they've had, and are sitting pretty at the top of League Two. It's very rare that a team will go from the beginning of the season to the end of the season and, you know, get promoted and be up there right at the top all the way through the season. Yeah. yeah. Think back to 2015 16. Yeah, we were. Where were we? You know, for the first ten games, we were we'd lost five, hadn't we, before September even came round or something. So, I mean, there's there's my positive and the way that I'm taking it is that well, because we're not right up there now, we've definitely got a chance of promotion. Whereas if we were top right now, yes, I'd be loving it and I'd be enjoying it, but there'd be a little thing in the back of my head going, "This isn't going to last." We got all this, yeah. We yeah, this isn't going to last. By Christmas, we'll be fourteenth. It's a new squad as well, right? New squad, new management team, pretty much. I don't know they were here last season and stuff. You just got to give it a bit of time, and I think mean, it. Like you said, Charles, you're going to go and win every game and stuff. So it's yeah, you lose a game, absolutely. we know what the problem was. Can they fix it? Let's hope so. Oh, get Bob the Builder in. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> get him in. Come on, Bob. <laughs> the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club is here. Join for more podcasts, meetups, and our community Slack channel. Go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me and join from just £2 a month. 
This month, Charles is chatting to Northampton Town Football Club Assistant Media Officer Jamie Duncan on Meet the Staff. Our first episode of Extra Time comes out and join us for Danny's first quiz of the season this Sunday, the 29th of August. For all that and more, join our fan club at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. You send your email in, they'll read it out. They love the interaction with the Cobblers fans. It's all cobblers to me at gmail.com. Makes Neil's post bag bulge out. <laughs> Thanks to Matthew Crane for that beaut of an entry into our competition to win our signed Cobblers football. Send us your jingle entry to itsallcobblers at gmail.com. Yeah, Matthew, you did get the email address slightly wrong, but we'll forgive you. Your name is still in the hat for that football um which is amazing it's signed by all sorts of people it's great um right postbag time neil are you prepared to dip in no charles because i don't Good. have the bag open oh well i'll tell you what shall i open it for you jeffy do you have the postbag there with you as well maybe good okay <laughs> I haven't got it. Danny normally sends it, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, usually sends uh, okay, it. Right. Like, I don't leave it open because it's on my work laptop. So I'll just I'll just read them then. That's absolutely fine. Right then, postbag time. Uh, first up, uh, David Nichol. Um, he says, listening from Trondheim in Norway, Ooh. I know of at least one other Cobblers fan in Norway, but I'll fight them for the ambassadorship. <laughs> Born in Northampton, lived in Norway since 2011. My cobbler shirts frequently get mistaken for West Ham or Villa, but I'm very slowly training these Liverpool and Man United obsessed Norwegians that there is life outside the Premier League. Um, that's from David Nichol. Of course, David, we will give you the ambassadorship for Trondheim in Norway. Um, that is yours. If you do find the other Norwegians, then then let them know about the podcast. Obviously, that is your now mission. That is what you have to do, is tell every Cobblers fan that you meet about this podcast and about Northampton Town as well, of course. Um, but get them to get in touch. And if you live somewhere in the world as well, that you want to be the ambassador for the Cobblers podcast for that area, then then email us. It's all cobblers at gmail.com. Lovely to see more international cobblers last week we had um oh we, we had um i can't remember the name but they were in the usa in buffalo oh yeah yeah land of the land of the wings land of the wings indeed um uh, there's another one here which is from melbourne cobbler um he says hello all been traveling around the city this week so i've been catching up with the pods thoroughly enjoyable as ever unfortunately I blame you a lot for this laxicity. I'm often behind as I can't always listen to them when I'd like. It would be a treat to be able to hear them when I am doing the car or garden or one of the other countless tasks I get given on a weekly basis. Unfortunately, this is not always possible due to the amount of profanity that is used, mainly from Danny, who I fear may have developed Tourette's. <laughs> Accepted, I could use headphones, but that would prevent multitasking with childcare, which is nearly always an additional requirement. Call me old-fashioned, but I'm trying to shield my kids from sensitive dispositions from the worst of it. 
I don't want to come across like somebody's nan, but would it be practical to put out a more child-friendly, judiciously edited version of the pod that we can listen to when convenient? In my probable naivety, I was also hoping that the kids might get a bit involved and may ask questions, etc., and allow me to eventually enforce mandatory support of the club on them. Unfortunately, allowing them to listen at the moment may lead to some embarrassment at school or with the local vicar, etc. Alternatively, please feel free to tell me to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Melbourne Cobbler. I, I mean, it, it feels a shame that Danny's not here well, yeah, in order to defend himself. I imagine Danny's now just listening to this, ranting at his big book festival at the moment, swearing <laughs> into the sky. Bless him. I mean, oh, he's opened that big book, you know, the one from the big man. Oh, yeah, the big one. And he's looking for some help. It's a uh, it's interesting it's, point, isn't it, about the swearing? I guess we when we get caught up and passionate about it, it's sometimes difficult to yeah to rein it in. I suppose maybe we'll we'll be we'll be conscious of it. Thank you, Melbourne. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's all cobblers at gmail.com for your cobblers ramblings, international cobblers podcast ambassador claims, and of course your jingles. I've got an extra special treat for you guys. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Butler sent us this, Ashley Corker. It's time to read your letters out To hear what you all think about The mighty cobblers from the town Are we going up or staying down? Just have a rant or have some fun At itsallcobblers at gmail.com A tweet, WhatsApp or on the Slack it's time to empty Neil's sack. I'll get me coat. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. You can call the whole competition off. That That's is one. Absolutely brilliant. That's brilliant. I will say the bar has been set. That is very, high. very high. Yes. That is incredible. Wow. A star and a million Jeffy selling points for that. That is a thing of beauty. Yeah, great work, Absolutely. Malcolm. Brilliant. Absolutely. Keep Tom them Malcolm. coming. Please keep them coming. Can you knock Malcolm Butler off? Of Excuse me? Football perch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I take a breath at the wrong yep. point there for you, Neil? Yep, I was panicking. Okay. Right, quickly then, let's move on and take Hang a look on, around before me we move too. On, before we move oh. on, we, Go need, on Jeffy. we need to shout out Matt Rice. So Matt Rice visited my wonderful hometown of Watch It this week on holiday with his family and stood and had a photo um, against the, a little bit on our little Esplanade thing. And he, he, was, he was complaining that um, One Tab Jeffy is real first world problems for people of Watch It because he was trying to send a tweet about Watch It and it took him <laughs> 10 hours to load the picture because the internet was so <laughs> poor. So Matt Rice, thank you for validating my One Tab Jeffy problems down here and I hope you enjoyed Watch It. He said it was very beautiful. So big up Matt Rice and his family for coming to visit this beautiful part of the country. It, it made my day when I saw that. You know what Brilliant. You know what you need to do, Jeffy, down, down in Watch It, is attach little phone signal tower very miniature versions to all the seagulls each seagull and then you'd always have <laughs> enough yeah. 4g absolutely you know the bit that matt was stood in front of or, yes so it's like an information point isn't it like yeah. a tourist the information board yeah maybe what you need to do is you need to go down there with your sharpie 
and just add on another little bullet point. I don't think the people that support Jeffy. the uh, the Jeffy lives here. <laughs> I don't think the people that support the old ancient. Well, it's not ancient, but well, it is ancient. <laughs> the old mineral line of Watch It and all the history. It's all about the history of Watch It. So I think Jeffy was here on it would be a bit uh, outrageous. But yeah, it's great. It's oh. really lovely to see, and he was in his cobbler's shirt. I don't know what his lad's called, but it was in his cobbler's shirt. So bless him. I hope he had fun. Junior Rice. Junior Rice, that's what we'll call him. Absolutely. Junior, Junior Rice. Rice. But it was great. Snap, crackle and pop. One um, one tab Jeffy. Absolute problems it. in Watch It. Right, very quick then, to round off the pod for this week. Um, let's. Uh, well, I was going to say let's go around League Two. But the first one is, did you see... Keith Kell's having problems, isn't he, at Oldham? Oh, Bless him. He's not having a nice time up there, is he? <laughs> no, he's not he's Or not down at all. there, not... depending on which way you're looking at it. Yeah. yeah, true, yeah. Um, it was a, there was a pitch protest at the end of their latest defeat on Saturday. Um, fans obviously not happy about the uh, the ownership of the football club. I can't blame them, to be honest, um, looking at everything that's going on up there. But um, uh, that, that pitch protest seems to have been overshadowed somewhat um, by some French people. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah Guys? I saw that, yeah. Uh, Olympic Marseille and Nice. Well, they weren't very nice. Were Wee. they, Neil? Um, do you know, I was actually thinking this very, very quickly. I was watching another game. I think it was like the highlights maybe of one of the Premier League games. And I might be wrong, or it might have been on Quest, but there was definitely a game where a goal was scored and someone, you just saw a bottle flying past the player who was celebrating having scored. And I saw that and nothing was made of it on the highlights that I was watching. Nothing, you know, at all was mentioned whatsoever. But I saw it and I went, one of these days, a player is going to launch the object back into the crowd. And lo and behold, what happens in France? It's happened. Dimitri Payet loses his stuff. There you go. Uh, Melbourne Cobbler, I managed to uh, hold it in then. Yeah, yeah. Not, not good, is it? No. No, it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, I personally don't have too much of an issue with players launching it back. The only thing I do have an issue with that is it could end up hitting someone that didn't throw it in the first place and didn't deserve it and stuff. But if I'm a player and I'm playing football and stuff's getting thrown at me, I'll pick it up, lob it back in, yeah. Throw it at me, I'll throw it at you, mate. Um, Perhaps not the right thing to do, though, right? No, absolutely not. Absolutely ridiculous. Um but it happened I mean, loads of times, though. Not not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily being thrown back in. But there's been lots of times where fans and players have clashed, haven't they? And I mean, obviously the the famous Eric Cantona situation. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't Maradona have a to do with a fan as well? Didn't he? I think a while back. Probably stole his coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was wasn't there a I can't remember which game it was. I think it was one in Spain. Was it where there was a pig's head that landed by the corner flag or something? It's a bit extreme. Yeah, Charlton. Was that didn't something like that Char- happen? Yeah, at Charlton threw loads of mini miniature foam pigs. I didn't quite go as far as oh, okay. slaughtering so it wasn't an actual, an actual pig. Right, No, okay, they had right. lots of mini pigs, and they threw sorry, Charlton fans. <laughs> they threw it onto the ground. It's quite successful in terms of like stating their claim, like they wanted mm. to get the game because they did. They used balls, they used beach balls, they used pigs, and a variety of different things. And in the end, the pigs won, and it was a bit of a. It went viral for a while, viral as viral mm. goes back in the day, but it was fun. 
It was a really fun time. It wasn't, obviously, we can't not highlight the seriousness of the situation at Charlton at the time, but it was fun. Um, If you strip back all of that, if you just see the image of all the pigs on on the thing, it looks really funny. It was was Real Madrid v Barcelona at the Nou Camp, and it was Figo. This was lining up to take a corner. Oh, that's a blast Mm. from the past, isn't it? There there drops a, a pig's head. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, I think the thing for me that this this game has almost brought it back to is is the thing that we've been looking forward to coming back to football as fans. You know, we've all you know it's been said time before, isn't it, that football without fans isn't as good? And yeah, don't be a dick. You know, but don't be a dick. Yeah, come on, just don't be a dick. Don't spoil it for yourself and and others. Um, but it's like that. And also, thing. There's, there's kids as well, guys. Like, yeah. we're we're impressionable as football fans. We're impressionable, aren't we? Uh, as adults, and there are children. Like, for example, you've both got children. Um, you know, you'll take you take your kids to the game, and you want them to enjoy it, but you want them to enjoy it for the right reasons, and you want them to embrace the game, not external factors that are gonna, you know, give them a warped view of what football is. Football is such a positive thing. Let's keep it that way. Well, you Absolutely. say that, Jeffy. I think you're right, but there is that element of not things like loving things on the pitch and stuff. I think that's a bit extreme, but there's the element of the positive stuff of a posi- of a positive football atmosphere, and when it does get a bit raucous and stuff, that's that is a lot of the time what reels people in, right? I remember when I, when I first went, ever went to a football game, it was Oldham v Leicester at Filbert Street um, back in the day. And I was sat in the the Leicester end with my dad, and for whatever reason, it must have been must have been a big game at that point. I think I don't know, but Oldham had sold out the way end, and there was quite a lot of Oldham fans sat around us in the Leicester end, and it all kicked off. And I was hooked. I was like, "Football's brilliant, love it." So there's an element of it, but you just don't want it. Like part of yeah, part of what makes football great, right, is the rivalry, the banter, and and sort of you know the pretend mm. actual hatred and all that sort of thing and stuff. What you don't want to do is have people lobbing stuff on the pitch and that sort of thing, or to the point of like what's you know become more to the fore recently is you know you don't want people being racist or anything like that. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, but, I mean Absolutely. actually on that point there was that thing that was it Gareth I think that shared shared a picture of that um, ridiculous bit of graffiti at Sixfields, mm. which is yeah I. Strong opinions on that. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, unbelievable. And I've been wondering about how to how to. If I'm being honest, I've been wondering how to tackle it on the pod. And I've actually thought that it's probably best if I just don't say anything. Do you know what I'm going to um, say on it, Charles? Mm-hmm. In a world. Well, where no, you, I don't. You carry on. <laughs> in a, in a world where you can be anything, just be kind, and that's all Absolutely. that needs to be said. I think. Obviously, we could go into depth about it. But just be kind. There's there's absolutely no need. Be kind, human beings, and be accepting and tolerant of everybody else in this world because that's what makes this world a great place. Quite right. Speaking of being kind, um, John Yems has been at it again. <laughs> I love John um, Yems. He is becoming my <laughs> favourite thing on a Saturday. <laughs> I just love the fact. So obviously Crawley got smashed by Forest Green 6-3. And I don't even know what the first question was, but the first thing that you actually hear John Yems say on on his post-match interview is, well, that's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Can we point out, though, I do, it, it, I, I think they are fairly awful by what John Yems is saying, but I also think that, look at Forest Green, like, it was going to be bad. So. <laughs> well, this is it, isn't it? The other thing, another one, just to finish off, 
Did you see um, Mansfield's Nigel Clough's post-match interview? Uh, I saw a little bit of it, yeah. So Mansfield, I think, maybe lost the game or drew the game. I can't even remember who it was they were playing. But um, he was asked the question to to clarify what he was talking about, what could have been done differently and and, and why he'd made a decision to maybe either either take a player off or, or something or other. And his response was to say that... Um, he felt his right back must have been good mates with the opposition's left winger um, yeah. because he didn't tackle him all game. <laughs> yeah. He said, it, he said something, yeah, it was from Grimsby, wasn't it, I think, when they must have been together or something like that. And he said... Uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, they were good mates from so their I knew they were mates, mates, but I didn't realise they were that close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was absolutely... I mean, obviously, both... Well, John Yems and the media officer from Crawley get on really well, according to the media officer. There's there's no reason to disbelieve that at all. And Nigel Clough was clearly being tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. And I think it's great when stuff like that happens. Um, hey, that sort of John thing Yems is... goes a bit um, Dean Austin, doesn't he? They know what they're, they're doing. Not quite though. as far. They know oh, what yeah, they're definitely doing. Definitely, they know yeah. what they're doing. It's that part of you know distancing the players from it. I mean, they got like, they lost six three, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. It, look, and yeah. no one's talking about you know whether his team was rubbish or anything like that. People are saying, "Oh, Yemsy's at it again." <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's distraction. It. Right. Well, that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you both for being here with me and um, you know making up for a lack of books because they've all been taken by Danny to a big old book festival. Um, hopefully, Danny will be back next week. Um, make sure in the meantime to check out cobblers2me.com for previews of this week's games. And of course, we'll be back in your podcast feeds same time next week. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.